Jesus, just be with us just, just now. Just touch hearts, Lord. Help us put every distraction aside and let us pursue you this morning, O oh God, in every way we can. Help us just have trust in you in this moment. Help us allow you, God, to move in us. That we would have hearts that would move you, O oh God. And Lord, that we might glorify you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Goodness, my voice has gone all high, and I don't know why. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, all right. The title for my talk this morning is Praying for Lazarus. Um, are there any young stars here this morning? Young stars going, yep. Uh, do you know what happened to Lazarus at all? And we want to sh help her or shout out? When you think of Lazarus, what do you think of? What's the worst, first word that comes to mind? He's dead. He's risen. Both those. We're going to study the story of Lazarus, who was sick, who died, and was raised again. So you know the story. You know the outcome. A bit of a spoiler there. But the important thing is this morning that we're going to read how John writes about it in John 11. So we're doing a Bible study together, really. Isn't that good? And help your life groups, I hope and your personal Bible study. So we're, we can think about this in a number of ways. We, we can think of it, how do you do a Bible study? And here's a good way. We'll do it together. We'll go through it. If you want to learn how to pray, because the Holy Spirit spoke to me, inspired this message when I was coming to the prayer meeting on the 2nd of November, I think in prayer meeting. And I just thought of this story of Lazarus. And I imagined Mary, Martha, sitting there at the tomb with her brother dead in the grave. And they would have a prayer. So the Holy Spirit's just inspired me about that. And I've been thinking on it and preparing it. And this is about prayer, this message. So it's about how to pray. I had a great conversation with Grace Simpson last week just about how she hears God's voice and how we hear God's voice. So it's about hearing God's voice. It's about how to pray with more power. Does anybody feel sometimes so ineffective and so tired and so lame in our prayers daily? We want more power, we want more effectiveness, and we want to see God move more. If you can identify with that, perhaps today we can see some ways to open this up, to move into a new realm of prayer ourselves. And, and lastly, I believe the Holy Spirit can speak to us. I've had many conversations recently about people who have lost things, things have died in their lives, and I just believe God might want to resurrect something in a life today, in a heart today. He might want to just move. 
He might need you to be open. And we're going to have a little time of ministry at the end with, with more of that song. And if, if you're open to want to receive some prayer, and um, that would be great. So, there's lots going on today. Sally's looking at me slightly nervously. Is that all right? Am I clear enough? <coughs> praying for Lazarus then. Could be praying for Paris. Could be praying for many, many things. But we're focusing on Lazarus. So, let's start with the, the second slide. And we're going to read, if you want to turn to John 11, uh, the scriptures together. Here we go. First title is about pursuing God, praying for God, asking for God. And in John 11, verse 1, it starts, Now a man named Lazarus was ill. He was from Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. This Mary, whose brother Lazarus, now lay ill, was the same one who poured perfume on the Lord and wiped his feet with her hair. So the sisters sent word to Jesus, Lord, the one you love is ill. When he heard this, Jesus said, the illness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory, so that God's Son may be glorified through it. Now, Lazarus, now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that Lazarus was ill, he stayed where he was two more days. And then he said to his disciples, let us go back to Judea. Let's just pause there for a minute. Anybody reading that with me? Have you got, have you got a visibility? You can see it up behind me and you can maybe have it. So we're doing a little Bible study here. And uh, this is some of the things God's spoken to me. But I want you to think about what God's speaking to you. When I thought about this, I immediately was in my head thinking about a grave and being Mary or being Martha and Jesus coming. And, and I identified with the character of Martha in this story. And it would be great you know, use your imaginations here. Ask the Holy Spirit, because this is how he works, to picture it. Imagine something like what's going on in this scene. And, and as we meet some of the characters in the story, you might feel the Holy Spirit just stirring you to say, oh, you know, that's me. I identify with that person or that situation. Or it may be a, a word that comes up or something. So be open to, to, to imagine this and engage your minds and spirits and be open to hear what God's going to say and it's very exciting, and it's powerful, and it makes Bible study and prayer really, really interesting when we do that, when we imagine it. And imagine, of course, Mary and Martha, their brother's sick, and what do they do? They, they ask Jesus for prayer, and that's, just, that's what it is. It's a prayer request. Jesus, our brother's sick. And interestingly, they don't say what to do. They just bring the message. And I don't know if that's a good prayer or a bad prayer. Just say, Lord, I've got a problem. Lord, I've got a complaint. Lord, I've got an issue. They didn't say, and come and heal him. Or they didn't say, just say the word and it'll be fine. And maybe that's a good place to start. Just say, Lord, help. I don't know what to do. My brother's sick. And we don't know what God's will is. And sometimes we don't even get over the first hurdle of praying. We don't ask. Because we think, well, we don't know what God wants. God already knows. We're getting a whole world of confusion about, should I pray? Should I not pray? Is it right to pray for this? Should I pray for this? What's going to be the outcome? <gasps> My goodness, it's hard. But here's a first encouragement. John 
14, 13 says, and I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Matthew 7, 8, for everyone who asks receives, the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks the door will be opened. That little counsel here, James 4, verse 3 says, when you ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. But there's something here, isn't there, about pursuing God. They sent people to find Jesus to bring back word. And when we're praying, we don't need to work out what the answer needs to be, I don't think. We just need to start by praying. Let's just start by engaging with God. A pursuit, a chase. And then, of course, we have to have maybe a little confidence. Jesus says he loves Mary. He loves Martha. He loves Lazarus. And the first question you might be thinking when you think about coming to a prayer meeting, think about opening your Bibles, thinking about praying, well, does God really care? Who am I? Does he even know my name? But the message might be, even now, that he loves you. And then we can pray. He loves you. Isn't that a great thought? When you come to God, he loves you. It's a good start. It's a good place to be in. We may have a huge amount of doubt about that, but let's believe the Scriptures that He loves you. And He loves them so much, of course, what does He do, Jesus? Nothing. (laughs) Two days. He loves them, and He waited there two days. He loves them, and we're going to go with you. He loves No, He waits. Two days, but he loves them. Not the response you might think. And he gave a statement, though. This will not end in death. And perhaps you imagine the people that had come, maybe servants of Martha, Mary, and Lazarus, who are friends. Oh, he's going to live. So they'll run back the two days' journey or so. Jesus said, It's okay, he's going to live. Fantastic, great news. But Jesus didn't come. And then Lazarus died. And that's something we might identify with in our prayer lives, isn't it? You never showed up. You never answered. Where were you? But Jesus says, let us go back to Judea. So he's coming. And that sometimes is part of the pursuit. We need to wait. We need to ask. We need to wait. And he'll come. On the next slide, please, Robert. Trust God. Trust in God in all circumstances. Incredibly difficult. The harder the circumstances become. It's also difficult when the circumstances are quite small and quite mundane. And you're just asking for daily bread. You think, well, God doesn't care about that, so he won't give me that. And this is too hard, so he won't move there. We end up asking for nothing. But we need to ask. We need to trust. And um, we'll read this together. John 11, 8 to 16 says, But Rabbi, the disciple said, A short while ago the Jews in Judea, they are trying to stone you. And yet you, you're going to go back? Jesus answered, Are there not twelve hours of daylight? Anyone who walks in the daytime will not stumble, for they see by the world's light. It is when a person walks at night that they stumble, for they have no light. 
After he said this, he went, went on to tell them, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I'm going there to wake him up. His disciples replied, Lord, if he sleeps, he will get better. Jesus had been speaking of his death, but his disciples thought he meant natural sleep. So then he told them plainly, Lazarus is dead. And for your sake, I'm glad I was not there, so that you may believe. But let us go to him. And Thomas, also known as Didymus, said to the rest of his disciples, let us also go, that we may die with him. Okay, let's pause there again. Some more wonderful things. Jimmy last week talked about the seeds and dying and that natural um, cycle that Scripture talks about and the seasons show us about that what brings life has to start in death. And when we lay down our lives, we receive our lives back. When we lay sometimes our plans and our visions down, our purposes, our agendas, our objectives, and we lay them down and die and let them go in the ground, then Jesus raises something again. And there's something about resurrection here. And he talked, Jimmy talked last week really helpfully about the higher narrative, God's narrative. And, and you can see it here. The disciples were on a different story, weren't they? He's asleep. All right, great. You'll get better. No, no, no. He's dead. Oh, oh, right. Okay. Um, I see. We, but, but if we go, we're going to get stoned. He said, yeah, but you've got to walk in the light. The disciples had a completely different perspective, completely different understanding of what Jesus saw and what Jesus saw was happening here. He knew immediately the request came that this was going to end in Lazarus being raised from the dead for God's glory. Did he just know it was going to happen or did he determine it? It's a great philosophical question if you like that sort of thing, Ian. But Jesus could see the bigger picture in this circumstance. And I told you the answer to the story that Lazarus is going to be raised again because really that's probably not the main message here. The main message is in the story. And when John's writing the gospel, he's got a particular message in mind, and it is the gospel. He builds the whole of John's gospel around seven miracles leading up to this one, increasingly significant and powerful. And the message is about God's victory over death. And this miracle is about demonstrating God's power over death. And that's what it's about. And there's a higher narrative. And so many times, we can lose sight of that, that we're so involved in our own lives, we miss what God is doing in the bigger picture. And that can help us in our prayers, help us in our responses to when things go and work out. Job 37.5 says, God, God's voice thunders in marvelous ways. He does great things beyond our understanding. His ways are higher. No eye has seen, no ear has heard what God no mind conceived what God has prepared for those who love him. So there is always something greater, something bigger, something higher, even in the circumstances of Paris, in the circumstances of death, in the circumstances of loss. There is a higher story going on that we can have confidence in, and we need to trust God in that. Are you still with me? Are you okay? Is the Holy Spirit moving? Are, are you sensing? Has anybody identified with one of the characters particularly yet? 
choose one. Just, you know. How about Didymus, Thomas? Doubting Thomas. I'm going to go with him and I'm going to die, but I'm going to go anyway. Maybe you feel like that sometimes. I do not want to be a Christian, but I'm going to go and do it anyway. I don't want to be a witness in this situation. I'm going to go and do it anyway. It's a great thought, isn't it? Great inspiration. And we need to, next slide, we need to allow God to move in us. If you're brave enough to pray, you need to be brave enough to allow God to move. Not just to hope that he answers the prayer. Let's see what happens next. And jump a few scriptures, verses in John eleven twenty two. 22, we pick up the story. He's arrived in, near Bethany. And Martha's come out to meet Jesus. Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. She didn't say that at the beginning, did she? She said, he's sick. And she really said, he's sick. If you don't get here in like 30 seconds, you're in trouble. If you'd been here, he would not have died. But what faith, what confidence. She'd experienced and knew who Jesus was, his power. No sickness is going to get in his way. But I know that even now, God will give you whatever you ask. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha answered, I know he'll rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. Whoever lives by leaving me will never die. Do you believe this? Yes, Lord, she replied. I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, who is coming to the world. And there's John's message in a nutshell, the gospel in a nutshell. I am the resurrection and the life. Do you believe this? Yes, Lord, I believe that you're the Messiah, the Son of God who's come into the world. That is the Christian gospel. That is our vision. That is our message. That Jesus died and rose again. And he's the resurrection and the life. And we have this hope today. We have this message today. And John's illustrated for us beautifully. And Jesus illustrated it beautifully by raising Lazarus for the dead for us. Amazing. But in that moment, are you Martha? And he looks you straight in the eye and says, do you believe? Do you believe that I am the resurrection and life? And when we pray, we've got to allow God to start to speak to us, to challenge us, to start to move in our hearts and our souls. Because he's much more interested in our souls possibly than the answer to your prayer, the response to the prayer, the outcome. Which even for Lazarus, which was great news for Lazarus, you would imagine, he's got a few more years, a few more days. Great news for Lazarus. and his, But there's a much more important thing going on. And when we pray, we can believe, and if we're open, to allow God to do a much bigger thing in our hearts. He wants to encourage us. He wants to give us faith. He wants to speak to us. He wants to show us who he is. He wants to reveal his love to you. He wants to deal with your soul and clean it up and encourage it and set us on fire for him and his message and his gospel. And that discussion here between Martha and Mary is just key. And she says, yes, Lord, I believe that you're the Messiah. It's not just when she said first, yeah, yeah, you can do anything, God. It's like graveside comfort, isn't it? 
And it wasn't enough for Jesus just to say, to allow Mary to have, or Martha rather, to have a little sense of, yeah, you know, it's going to be okay. I sort of trust in you. It's going to be, you know, in the end of the days, everybody's going to be okay. The comfort on the graveside that we give so often. He wanted to go much deeper and say, no, 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 no. I am the resurrection and the life. Do you believe in me? Yes, Lord, I believe in you. You can just imagine Mary, Martha, sorry, much bolder, much more encouraged, much more hopeful. Real prayer is dangerous. Next slide, please, Robert. You've allowed God. Here's a thought. We've heard about Martha. I identify with Martha. She's the busy one. She's the organized one. She likes to have things in order. And then there's Mary. But here's Mary, who didn't come out to meet Jesus when she heard she was coming. She stayed at home. She was even more cross, possibly. More upset, more devastated, more defeated, more disappointed, more let down. So what happens when Mary comes? John 11.32, we pick up the story. When Mary reached the place where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping, and the Jews who had come along with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. Where have you laid him, he asked. Come and see, Lord, they replied. Jesus wept. And the Jews said, see how he loved him. But some of them said, could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man have kept this man from dying? Jesus once more, deeply moved, came to the tomb. It was a cave with a stone laid at the entrance. Take away the stone, he said. Okay, we'll just pause there. Think about this. Mary, a different character to Martha, weeping, wailing. In Luke 7.44, we think it's the same Mary who went to a house, and it's recounted again afterwards, so it's slightly unclear as to what happened when, but the point is still the same, that when this woman, Mary, poured perfume on Jesus' feet and washed him with her hair. Luke 7, 44, it says, Jesus, after this happened, turned to the woman and said to Simon, do you see this woman? I came into your house. You did not give me any water for my feet, but she wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You have not given me a kiss, but this woman, from the time I entered, has not stopped kissing my feet. You did not pour oil on my head, but she has poured perfume on my feet. Therefore, I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven, as her great love has shown. But forever, whoever has been forgiven, little loves little. And Jesus said to her, your sins are forgiven. Other guests began to say among them, who is this who forgives sins? Jesus said to them, when your faith has saved you, go in peace. And this was to be recorded and accounted in Mary is one of the first and the prototype worship leader, I think. The model for everybody that seeks to lead worship, that has a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart, who moves Jesus to tears with her passion and her love for the situation. 
for him, for God, for Lazarus. And it moves Jesus. And our prayers, if they're filled with passion and love and care, will move God. And we can move God through the Holy Spirit moving upon us to do great things, to change things, to move things. And I confess my prayers are just so tired sometimes and so shallow sometimes. And I have no passion. I'm Martha, not Mary. And I want a bit of Mary. And I see worshipers and I see love and I see passion. And I want to have some of that. And I believe the Holy Spirit is putting that in our spirit and in my spirit as well. I want to care about something. Do you just not want to care about something sometimes? You think, I can do something about this? I look at great heroes um, that we meet along the way in this church who care about stuff and do stuff and give time to stuff and give their lives for stuff because they care. Think of uh, Hope for Justice. Who's, who's uh, Hope for Justice guy again? Ben Cooley. Ben Cooley who dealing, doing something about human trafficking. Because he's passionate, because he's a Mary, because he cares. And that spirit, when we start to pray, will, if we allow it, will rise up in us. We'll start to see I care about something. I want to do something. I want to give of something. And that's moving. And God is moved and Jesus cares. And isn't that just incredible that God would do that in us? My sacrifice of God is a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. God will not despise Wonderful and amazing. And, of course, we know the next story. John eleven thirty nine goes on. Next slide, please, Robert. But Lord, said Martha, after he'd said, take away the stone. Take away the... Just imagine that, sitting there. Take away the stone. You know, you're standing at a graveside. Dig it up. Get the casket. It's like, what? That is shocking. It's, it's outrageous what Jesus is to just roll away the stone. And not surprisingly, Martha, the organized one, I'd be there. Not that I'm that organized, it's just practical, I don't know. But Lord, said Martha, I think about this, I think it's going to stink. He's dead for four days. And then she says to Jesus, by this time, there was a bad odor, for he's been there four days. And Jesus said, did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? So they took away the stone, and Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me. But I said this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe that you sent me. When he said this, Jesus called out a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face. Jesus said to him, take off the grave clothes and let him go. Hallelujah. Praise God for these words and this hope and this um, example to us that Jesus rules over death and he can glorify him. But the message is not the answer. The message is what happened. How many of us would say, I can't do that, God can't do that. How many of us would say, just too much. His ways are so much higher. His ways, his purpose is so much greater. And always God is looking to do things that surprise us, that are more than us. God works 
in all things for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. In all things, Romans 8, 28. God worked for good, for the glory of God. And in everything, the outcome of our prayer should be for glorifying God. It's our response to prayer, whether we receive the answer or not, that will bring glory to God. So many times you hear of uh, situations where Christians have not received what they had, but their response has so impacted people that have known them that it's brought them to salvation. That when things go bad and Christians' heads don't go down, it can make such a difference. And at every opportunity, if we're thinking, whatever happens, I'm going to glorify God. I'm going to glorify God in my response to this circumstance. That's my desire. That's my hope. That's my purpose. That's what I'm going to do. It just puts a whole new perspective on what we're praying for, what we're praying about. We have the opportunity. Like the shepherds. And we like the shepherd season. I'm not going to say the C word yet. Slightly too early. I'm going to mention the shepherds. You know the shepherds are coming. I love the shepherds. Luke 2.22, the shepherds returned after all that had happened. And pray, glorifying, praising God for all the things they had heard and seen. Which were just as they had been told. And let's be shepherds, people. Not just in December but all year round. We have the opportunity, whatever circumstances, to give glory to God. He will find a way for us to do that. Even Peter, John 21, 19, Jesus said to Peter to indicate the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. So even in his death, Peter is able to glorify God. In our worst of circumstances, God can use it to glorify him. Isn't that wonderful? So a last slide just now, just to bring it to a conclusion. Have you decided who you are yet in the story? Anybody feel like Mary? <laughs> Agree, Lindsay's definitely Mary. Wonderful. Anybody else want to be brave? I tell you what, bless you, Grace. Saw her hand there. How many of you are Lazarus? Why did he not interview Lazarus? What happened, mate? Tell me what it was like when you were dead and coming alive again. How did he miss that out? Oh. Wouldn't you like to know? I wish it had been in there, but it's not the point. The point is he's alive. The point is we can be alive. The point is we can be resurrected. And the last sign, just to summarize, when we're praying, when we're reading the Bible, let's pursue God. Let's trust God. Let's allow God to move so that we can move him and we can glorify God. And what brings it all together, what brings it all to conclusion, and Robert, I don't know if you're ready for this uh, next, get the video, DVD going. It's ex all about experiencing God, really, isn't it? That at every moment, before and after, it's the experience of God. And when... I, the Holy Spirit first sort of brought this to my attention. What I felt was sitting with Mary or Martha, probably a Martha, and Jesus coming up. And that moment when he was here and he came and he was with Mary. That experience of just being with Mary, 
for Martha and just being around. And I could just imagine being here. And I just felt God close. That, that experience of God being close to us is just so powerful. And I want to play this song to you because it spoke to me. And, and I just want you to believe or feel God's presence. That his experience, that he wants you to experience him and his presence, his peace, his hope, his love even in these next five minutes. And if, if, if you, you want to come forward, just as a statement, I guess God's not any more here at the front than at the back. But if you want to receive a little bit of prayer, we can do that. If you want to just lay something in a grave today that you've been holding on to, Lazarus had to take his grave clothes off, and some of us are still wearing grave clothes any time, Robert, just, just start to pray that quietly and we'll just finish praying. Some of us still have grave clothes on or bad attitudes or God, so shallow faith or bad prayers like me. Shallow prayers. And, and he, he wants us to set us free. To take off the grave clothes so that we can glorify God. Perhaps he wants to raise something up in your life that died you've lost things and maybe it can't be the thing that you lost that he wants to resurrect 129 people in the past died I don't have faith that they'll rise again but I have faith that hope can rise again I have hope and faith that God can move and maybe in your disappointment of loss God wants to call out from that tomb hope again in you Or maybe he just wants to give you a little encouragement to know that he loves you and he's with you and he's with you. So let's run this video and turn it up. And if you want to come forward, we'll pray for you. If you just want to let God minister to you where you are, that's cool. But let's not miss this moment. To believe these words. All I know is I know that you are here. in Jesus' name. Close your eyes. Go on your knees if you want. Heart, let your voice be Thank you,
something but we want to just um, continue to allow God to move we still want some prayer we can do that some people down here now thank you Lord thank you Jesus that you come and you're with us oh God there's nothing too big for you nothing too hard for you 
that you can't deal with in our spirit and in our soul. And you care so much about our souls, Lord Jesus, that you died on the cross for us. And I say to you, if you have understood this gospel for the first time this morning, that what being a Christian is, is just like Mary, believing that Jesus is the resurrection and the life. That he is the son of God, the Messiah who is to come. And he died for your sins. And he has an invitation out to you, to all the world to come. And if you want to respond to that invitation this morning, I'd just ask that you would lift up your hand in recognition of that. And if you've not made a commitment to God like this before and there's something stirring you and you're not quite sure, not quite confident, don't understand it all, that's okay. But if there's something in you that just needs you to put your hand up to say, I need God's love in my life, I would just ask that you would do that right now. Thank you, Lord.